We can, we can get some props up here. It's all good. Try and get up uptime sponsor. Come on now. Oh come on. No, I've we never just. Had one up had this is my second one ever. I've had a lot of uh, Celsius. Yeah, the crazy deal about those is college athletes are getting suspended for drinking them. No way. Yeah, because there's something in there that you'll fail a drug test. No way. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Dude, well, this is I, legit, bro. Heck yeah. Feels good. I got so it. So right obviously, already. if I ever look at a camera, I need to look at that one. That's your camera. That's my camera. That's my camera. You love that tripod, huh? Love the there's two fitness boards on a chair. That's dude. I do. I have to pull that stuff all the time. You're yeah, good. you know why it's channel low budget filmmakers. We're we're on that low budget filmmaking right yeah, here. Yeah, no, I love it, dude. I uh, I do this sort of like just rig it and go. I mean, as long yeah. as like my thing is, as long as what ends up in the camera looks legit, it doesn't matter what's all in disarray. It's true behind the scenes, you know. It's true, and Which, borderline uh, even making it just like this black mirror looks good for reels. In this black curtain, make literally make, like conforming it just for vertical. That's yep. borderline what I'm doing, and yeah, it looks no. good for horizontal too. Yeah, it works. But, whatever works. So, or yeah. is like the main objective? Are we shooting for YouTube and then pooling reels yeah. from the YouTube, you yeah. know, video? Okay. Yeah. So I, I do this all for YouTube, and I post. Yeah, I've subscribed. I subscribed to the y'all's YouTube like a long time ago. You're a day one guy. Yeah, I've been around for. It's been like yeah, probably. I would say it's been over a year. Really? Yeah, I've been subscribed for probably over a year. That's cool. Yeah. I, we appreciate you, bro. I mean, oh, that yeah, what dude. you said the other day, at, that when we saw you at church. Yeah. Like, bro, keep going, keep going. It was like, no. I know it's, I know it's like subtle for you, but that was that was encouraging. No, no, I meant that. it. Yeah. I, I meant it, dude. It's it's one of those things that like, for me, it's uh, it's really easy to get discouraged, you know, mm-hmm. especially like when you it does I mean, the editing part of it takes a lot out of you, and it's just yeah. tedious, for and so sure. I think. If, if there's ever a part that I'm tempted to give up on, which I'm not, but like there's a part that's like would be tempting that's to give where up it on, is. it's in the editing. So I'm like, <laughs> I have, val- I feel like I have valuable things to say, my insights and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I feel like this would resonate if sure. like and, and help somebody. Um, but the editing is where it's like, do I really want to sit down and edit? Sometimes I'm like, bro, I just need to pay somebody. I looked on Fiverr, it's 250 bucks a month for four podcasts a month. Oh, wow. And, that's not that expensive when you think about it. No, but at the same but time, I'm like, I'm not ready to spend two fifty a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even talking reels. No, yeah. So I have people reach out to me like wanting to do my editing for me. Yeah. And number one, I don't know them, so it's like. And uh, plus, your content. Like, this is a gospel. This is gospel content, so you don't want to just leave that to anybody. No, and like I, now that I've been editing for as long as I have, I'm I've gotten kind of particular about like when things are. You cut. have your hook and whatnot. Yeah, I'm like, I, I kind of like, I, it matters to me. It's not like, oh, just put me out a video. Oh, this is so cool because I had zero vision for it. So whatever you did yeah. is cool. I have vision for it. So it's like, sure. if it's not like at, like adequate with mine or better than mine, then I'm like, why am I paying you? And that's how <laughs> sure. I would feel. So, and I just don't but have the money to. Talking about it. your editing, I mean, you're a full time pastor yeah obviously yeah but like we're just, we're just jump right into it so we'll are we already recording well yeah yeah so i dude i love these podcasts you ever seen the full sin podcast full oh sin? no never it's have. not a christian podcast but okay. they do this deal where they just already record and walk into it and, and it then feels like, sit so, down it feels so much better okay cool. you know you know how you naturally get a little small talk prior yeah and then they're like oh yeah we're recording. well and it can feel like oh we got to turn it on now you know it's like but three it, two one What's exactly up? but yeah. so i love that i love that flow. cool but anyways 
Welcome back to the podcast. We got a special guest, Keenan Clark. What's up? What's up? We've been trying to, we, me and Brain have been talking about getting you on for a while, and we finally got it planned out. I made a hiccup. Brain's on the way to a rodeo right now, so he can't be here with us. Um, I should have call, called him first. I called Keenan on yesterday. It's kind of a last minute deal. I didn't realize he had a, a scheduling conflict, but anyways, we're here. We're here. We're having fun. We're doing it. It'll be fun, excited. me and you. I mean, Bra- not that Braden doesn't have a lot of great things to add, but it'll still be great. We only got two mics anyway, so we were doing a little switching and out. Yeah, anyway, we'll, so. we'll do what we can. The yeah. Lord knew what he was doing. For sure, for sure. Just uh, tell the people who you are. Give us a Yeah, dude. Well, number one, I just want to say I'm honored that yeah. uh, you'd consider me to be here and you know trust me with this moment. Um, yeah, so my name is Keenan Clark. I am a pastor here. We are right now in San Angelo, Texas. I'm a pastor here at a church called Celebration Church. Um, and uh, my wife and I, her name is Beth, we lead our young adult ministry. So it's anyone from the ages of like 17 to like, we just say and up, 17 and up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we meet on Thursday nights and uh, it, we turn up. It's like a, f- a whole, you know, service. We have worship. I preach for probably, I mean, sometimes an hour. Um, yeah. And uh, we go deep and it, it, we it's nothing. Honestly, sometimes like I honestly think some of the deepest stuff that is preached happens on those Thursday nights. Um, you would think that, oh, a young adult ministry, you got to keep it surface level. Yeah, yeah you got to keep it surface. But my thing is this, these young adults are doing high caliber math, high caliber studies, writing long papers in college. And then we, they come to church and we act like they can't handle some theology. True. And it's like, dude, these people are smart. Like quit insulting them. If my little pea brain can understand this theological concept, I guarantee these people sitting in the seats can handle it. So we've just been endeavoring to like give them the real deal, the real stuff, like yeah. not just the stuff that's inspiring. I think we should, I think the Bible in and of itself is inspirational, but really this stuff that is, you know, going to help them do the hard yards of walking with Jesus about like, we want them to look up in their forties and still be madly in love with Jesus. Not like, man, remember when we used to go to YA back in the day? I really loved God back then. If I could only have that fire again. One of the things I always tell our young adults is, and I'm kind of just getting right into some content Come here. Come on, do it. But one of the things I always tell our young adults is, is, you know, you need to confess this over yourself, that today I am the most on fire for God I've ever been, but in the same moment, I'm also the least on fire for God I ever will be. Again, that's one of the things I look at myself in the mirror and say, like, today I'm going to be the most on fire for God I have ever been. But in that same breath, I'm going to be the least on fire I will ever be ever again. Because God takes us from glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace. So I just believe, uh, I believe our young adults are called to change the world. And I just try to pump them full of that truth. I like how you, what you did. I, I've been to Celebration. I mean, I'm in and out of San Angelo all the time. So yeah. I don't really get to come on Sundays. And I've been wanting to come to Young Adults. Come on, bro. I may have to come tomorrow. Depends come on. if I'm leaving or not. But I think the cool thing you're doing is you're kind of raising up. I mean, kind of. Y'all are raising up people in the church leaders. When I showed up on a Sunday, y'all did the the Young Adults people... They got preached. up on Sunday and preached. Yeah, yeah, they preached. That was a yeah. pretty good deal. Y'all raised yeah, up leaders. Yeah, why a weekend. Opportunities to come up and speak, speak what the God's put on their heart. That was super cool. Thank you, man. But uh, just you, you got forty thousand, or what? You have forty thousand Instagram followers yeah. right now. You're mm-hmm. a young adults pastor. Yeah. I want you to go into. I probably most of those Instagram followers are probably young people. If we were a yeah, poll, I would it. say. Do you have a poll? Do you have a statistic on that? I could look at it. I could look at the we, analytics. We, we may need to for one of these days, but yeah. What do you think? For our young generation, how old are you? 20, I am 27. 27, 22. For our generation right now, what do you think 
is the pulse of spirituality. Like if you had to like, if you like the grassroots kind of yeah. like, what do you think the feel of our generation is? Or there are view on spirituality mm. for young people. Today? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, and you and I kind of talked about this yesterday, but I, I just posted a reel about this on my Instagram because honestly, this topic has been on my mind a lot. Um, my wife and I have the privilege of not just getting to pastor here, but we get to travel a lot yeah. um, all over the country and meet a lot of people. Um, and really, you know, that allows us to get out of the Bible Belt. It allows us to go to see what, kind of put our finger on the pulse of what God is doing in other places. And uh, the thing I'm seeing is that people are extremely open to being known as spiritual, right? Like, I'm spiritual, um, which can be seem, can seem like a good thing. Um, but in reality, being spiritual is not really what we signed up to be. Like, there, there is... Everything we do is spiritual, you know, um, but if we're not biblical, and what I mean by that, I'm doing spiritual, biblical, you know, those yeah, two words, but, but yeah. it's a preacher way of doing it. But what I'm saying is if we're not Jesus, if we're not Jesus people, then what we are opening ourselves up to when we say we're spiritual is something other than Jesus. And anything other than Jesus leads to death. It leads to bondage. It leads to anxiety, depression. I mean, it's an open door for the demonic. And that's not something a lot of people want to talk about. And I'm not that weird demon chaser dude. Like I'm not the guy who like, you know, sees a green light off in the distance and thinks a demon's staring at me. Like, I don't think there's a demon behind every corner, but I think more often than not, there are a lot more than we would give, you know, credit for. And so I think we've got to bring people back to where, Hey, I'm glad you understand the answer to your problem is spiritual, but it's not just spiritual. It's Jesus. Jesus, his atoning work on the cross, the fact that his blood is efficacious enough to handle all of your sin, past, present, and future, that's the answer for you, my friend. Yeah. No, I think, too, you look at motivation talk, you look at all these reels. I follow a guy, he's a great photographer. I don't want to, I'm not going to, like, call him by name. No, you're Because he's he's a great photographer. But he posts these, like, daily, like, philosophy-type writings on his story. Right on. And it's, like, motivation. Yeah. Like, these deep thinkers. But what, I think it's a a scripture in James, and I'm going to rough paraphrase it, but it says, when we think of the demonic, we think of, you know, devil with a pitchfork. Yeah. We think of, like, these stereotypical stuff that we've grown up seeing as kids and in movies and whatnot. But in James, it talks about a rough paraphrase that anything that's not of God, specifically of Jesus, is therefore demonic, meaning yeah. like, um, and I may, I don't know if you know, the, do you know that scripture off the top of your I, head? I'm, I'm vibing with you because yeah. like, it, it, I know so much scripture that I have no idea where it's at. I know. I'm that it, dude. I'm, I'm like, Google is my, you know, like Bible software. Somebody's like, what Bible software do you use? Google. This is the New Living Translation, James 3.15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Man. So James uses the vocabulary word demonic yep. for jealousy and selfishness, which we don't, that's a very like extreme way to put it, but the, the, the everyday person probably doesn't add like, attribute demonic to oh i was a little bit selfish today yeah you know what i'm saying yeah for sure and i i honestly think anything outside of jesus you can boil it down to those two things for sure. jealousy selfishness yeah what motivated that was it jesus oh if it wasn't jesus then it was one of those two jealousy yeah. and selfishness 
I was trying to add unto myself. I was trying to climb the ladder. You know, I was trying to get ahead or I was trying to beat old Joe Blow down the street because I'm in some little weird competition with him. Neither one of us ever acknowledge it, but I know I'm beating him. We get in those little weird games with people. And I really do think you're right. Anything outside of Jesus is what James would call demonic. And we've got to we've got to call a spade a spade. I think that's kind of where I'm getting is what I'm seeing today is that people they want to be full in on whatever they're about. I mean, I know guys, as soon as they get about golf, they buy the best clubs, they get a membership, they're, you know, getting a coach to help their swing. I mean, this dude didn't, couldn't even spell golf three months ago. (laughs) And now he's all about golf. They, because there's this natural proclivity within all of us to just, I want a full send. I want to be all in. And I think a lot of the, a lot of people today I'm seeing in church, when they come to church and they, you know, get on board with Jesus, they say yes to a life of following him. They're like, yo, tell me what this is about. Like, I understand the gospel and the gospel is the end all and the be all. I am not trying to minimize the gospel when I say this at all. Please understand me. But because the gospel is the way in, but it's also the way on, you know, it's not just how we get into the kingdom, but it's how we live in the kingdom. It's everything Jesus died to give us. But people are like, hey, how do I really do this? And that's where we have to talk about the discerning of spirits. We have to talk about um, hard biblical truth, you know, not just the scriptures that make people feel good, but the Bible says this, and this is a passage I used to hate. I I did not like it when people brought it up, but the Bible says this, that the Lord chastises the son he loves. That means he corrects you. Yeah. Yeah. Correction is proof that God is taking you somewhere, that God loves you, that he has bigger plans than you have for yourself. Yeah. I I say this thing where I'm like, if you are aware, like talking about fighting sin, if you're aware and you're struggling, like sanctification is a process where it's like sometimes painful. Working out. I just worked out this morning. It's not all fun. It's not no. like eating Cheetos. Like it's, no. it's, there's a level of pain to it. Yeah. So if you are aware of sin in your life, you're not going to be condemned because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't condemn you, but you're chastised. You are convicted <laughs> yeah. and you should be thankful for that trial. You should be thankful for that turmoil in your life that you are aware of your sin. Yes. Because there was a time in your life when that, that sin was destroying you and you had no idea. Right. So be thankful that you are struggling with this sin yeah. now because two years ago, I mean, the stuff I'm fighting now... I wasn't fighting when I first got saved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. I mean, the Bible says that the law, the law that God gave Moses, it caused sin to increase. God, God, God put something into play that made sin run rampant. Sin was running rampant. It was now people knew they were doing something wrong. Whereas before they were like, oh, I'm doing the best I can. I'm better than this guy. So I must be holy. Right. And then Jesus, uh, then the Lord, excuse me, it was Jesus. (laughs) He was in the beginning with the Lord, you know, Um, but God puts this thing into play called the law that allows people to recognize their transgression, to recognize how far from perfection they actually are. And sometimes our awareness of just how far we still have to go is the best thing um, because that keeps us leaning on Jesus like never before. And to what you just said, you know, I, I think about it like this. I think that I think the Lord and the enemy, the devil, I think they work in similar but opposite ways. I think the devil, he ultimately wants to take you to death, right? You know, he wants to steal from you, kill you, destroy you, right? John 10, 10. And I think the way he does that, he leads you down this road of death, but he leads you down it it with what feel like little bursts of life, 
little bursts of life along the way, baiting you with what feels like life. Because sin is fun. Sin is fun for a season, but it leads to destruction. But on the other end of the spectrum, we have the Lord who's leading you the opposite way. Christianity is not a subculture. It's a counterculture, right? We're Mm -hmm. not a subculture of the world. We're a counterculture. And the Lord's leading you the opposite way. And he is leading you to life. But along the way, you have to go through what feel like little deaths, right? Little deaths along the way, little things where you're shedding that that sinful exoskeleton and the new you that you made in the image of Christ is coming into full focus. And so I think they work you in similar but opposite ways. Death, death, or a little bit of life, a little bit of life, road to death, a yep. little bit of trial, struggle, a little bit of death to eternity. It's it, complete it, opposite. It's opposite. That's beautiful how you put it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that's that. Really but yeah, good. it helped me thinking about it that way helped me so much. Because sometimes you can feel like if I'm experiencing what feels like a death, death to myself, death to jealousy, death, death to selfishness, which we just saw James calls demonic, right? If I feel like I'm experiencing death, I must be headed towards yeah. death. And it's like, no, the Lord promised me this road leads to life. And narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there are that find it. And thank God, you know, ultimately, few there are that find it. You know who the few is? It's Jesus. Jesus was the one person that found it. And now because he found it, he's now able to point all of us to that narrow way, which he is the way. Come on. Come on. Don't get me started I, I, in this I church. I want you, 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 we talked about a spiritual battle going on. You've already been talking about it. We've yeah. already been talking about it. But give us like, for somebody who's a little bit lost right now, give us a thousand foot flyover of this spiritual battle yeah. that we face. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, it's such a good question. People wonder how do I know if it's a spiritual battle? Here, here's how you know. Is it a battle? Then it's a spiritual battle. True. Because Ephesians says this, we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and powers of the air, against spiritual wickedness in high places, right? Most believers think about that verse like this. They read it how it reads, but they think about it like this. Most of the time, we war not against flesh and blood. That's yeah. how they think. Most of the time it's spiritual, but sometimes it's your, it's your mom or it's yeah. your dad and yeah. they're doing you wrong. They're doing you dirty. It's, you know, my ex, you know, is, won't leave me, says. but that's not what it says. It says every time we are warring, not against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual force. And that's why as Christians, we have to always attack the spot where the Bible tells us the war is actually going on. We have to make sure that we aren't getting into the flesh and just going, God, would you just make them not annoying? Would you just change their hearts? And I think that we can, we should always pray that God would change people's hearts. I'm not trying to minimize that, but we've got to recognize what's influencing their heart. We've got to say, God, would you silence the voice of the accuser? Would you silence the voice of the liar? The Bible calls the devil the father of lies. That lying is his native tongue, right? Yeah. And so we've got to we've got to attack on that turf because I think when we don't we're we're missing it. You just said something, and you, this is a little bit of a side tangent. No, go but for I it. I want you to correct me if I'm wrong in this statement. No, you just said pray for them not to be annoying, right? And obviously that's like you're praying for people, like calling out sin, yeah. in people, right? I hear the people saying, "Oh, like you're calling out the speck in your brother's eye, but what about the log in your own?" And every time I hear somebody say that, that they kind of misquote it. When I hear like, "Don't." look at the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye means understand your own sin, understand your own walk with God 
And then once you are on a firm foundation of walking with the You're sin in your own it, life, then you can call out yes. sin. But that doesn't mean there's no calling out sin that in the church. That has been one of my biggest frustrations with people who preach that passage. Yeah. They don't preach the whole thing. I'm just like, I, I hear it all the time, and I'm like, yeah. that's not correct. But then I've also yes. never confirmed it, but you would agree with that. No, I, I fully agree with it. And because the Bible does say, you know, you're being a hypocrite. You're pointing out the speck in your brother's eye when you have a, you know, a sequoia protruding from your face. You know, you've got this, you know, you've got this log in your own eye. And the Bible says this, deal with the log in your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly to help your brother with the speck in his eye. It's not that we're not supposed to mess with specks. It's that we first come before the Lord about our log. And then once we have allowed him to deal with whatever is going on in our life, then we can. We have the legal authority spiritually to go into somebody else's life and say, hey, let me help you because I already let God help me. Mm -hmm. I let God help me on this. So now I have the authority. I have the the experience to come to you and say, God did this for me and mine was a log. What do you think he could do with a speck? Come on now. Come on, man. That's pretty good. That's okay. graceful too. That's yeah. really graceful because then you're honest. Like, dude, God helped me deal with a log. Like one time I had this thing in my eye, it was a log. I know you've got something in your eye. It's just a speck. Yeah. God can handle it. That's good. Uh, talking about the spiritual battle. Back yeah, to that. back to that. Do you, I'm just going to keep it broad and let you run with it. Okay. Social media. Yeah. What do you think the impact of social media and spiritual battles, like the spiritual battle that our young people are facing, what do you think the correlation is? If there is one. There is most definitely yeah. one. Let's just cut to the chase. Yeah. There is most definitely a correlation between uh, the spiritual battle. I mean, for years, preachers recognized that uh, the music people um, were listening to was influencing them in a demonic pattern or a demonic sense, you know, that the enemy was gaining ground through music. Um, and then we recognized it through television. When television came on the scene, any avenue that Satan can use to get his plan and agenda across, he will use, okay? Sure. There's, he doesn't see anything off limits. And that's the problem with the church. Is the, here's, here's, I'll say it like this. Whatever the church avoids, the devil will invade. Whatever the space, the church says, hey, we're not willing to go there. We don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. The devil says, that's my territory, game on let's play and so you know i think back to when jesus is having that moment with peter peter has just recognized the divinity of christ and jesus has this really impactful moment he says you know peter upon this rock i will build my church and then he says this and the gates of hell will not prevail against it notice he doesn't say and the swords and spears and you know um catapults of Hell will he didn't not prevent. Confine it to one he, aspect he, of well, and notice this: he didn't say it was. Some, he didn't say it was an offensive thing, because uh, swords and spears and catapults okay. are offensive. He didn't say we were going to bunker in and their arrows aren't going to be able to penetrate. He's saying their gates aren't going to keep us out. Hell's gates won't prevail against us. Hell won't be able to tell us where we can and cannot go. Instagram is God's Tory. Snapchat is God's territory. And we are called to be like leaven in the culture and go in and pollute in a biblical way what the devil's doing. You know, we're called to infect it. And so I think that's the thing. Whatever the church avoids, the devil invades. And so we've got to be willing to go, no. You know, Jesus said this. He says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. 
We need to get some violence back in the way we look at taking ground for the kingdom of God. We're waiting for the world to invite us in. And God says, don't wait for an invitation. Yeah. Don't wait for an invitation. Go take the ground. Go move in. Be a, this is a militaristic operation. And our weapons are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are our weapons. But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I mean, I'm just quoting scripture right now. Sure. Okay? They are mighty. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of one of my thoughts on social media. I think we have to be there. But also, I think it's a slippery slope. Because at the same time, we're called to use social media. Social media can begin to use us. And I think that's where you got to watch Go out. Go into it. That's my next question. How do you, I mean, you, when I first started following you, you had 10,000. Okay. And now you're at 40. By, by the time of recording this, and probably, you're going to keep growing, bro. Like, the yeah. Lord is giving you a platform Thanks, and he's man. blessing it. And we Thank talked you. about that. Your, your favorite meme, brain crack it all the time, this joke. Favorite ain't fair, brother. You said yeah. that the other day. We always, that's that's a good. That's it's, good. it's so true. Yeah. And you're right. You know, this year has been wild. Um, in February, I had 5,000 followers. Really? February of this year. And then, yeah, now I think I, last week I passed 40. And but how so, do you keep that? So I've been reading a book. Let me give you some yeah. context. No, you're good. In my own life, I've been evaluating where I'm seeking power and influence. Those wow. those two words have categorized majority of my social media life. And talking about wow. defeating sin, right, and being aware of these things, like I yeah. said earlier, you, they, I'm thankful that God has put this on my heart now because yeah. there was a time when I wasn't thinking about it where it was controlling my life. But power and influence have been the main driving force, not the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's to say that God is still using you know, social media for his yeah. good, but how do you stay grounded when I mean sin feels good having influence feels good getting likes feels good but how do you stay grounded I think it's a slippery slope again um and I don't know that there's a singular like a thing I could tell you that says this is bulletproof this will keep you safe just do xyz one two three and you'll never have a faux pas you'll never mess up right I don't know that that is something I have what I do have is that you know the bible says this you know don't get worked up on what may or may not happen tomorrow, but give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. That's the way the message version translates that scripture about Jesus saying, don't you know, worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I think when it even comes to social media, don't get worked up on what may or may not happen tomorrow, but give your entire attention to what God is doing now. I think it's, it's good to plan it's good to strategize. I don't think God is anti-strategy. I don't think God is anti-systems. I mean, everything God created has a system, solar system. You know, um, you know, the, the brain is a system. The organ nervous system, organ nervous, system, yeah. nervous system, all of it is systems. Yeah. God is pro-systems. But we cannot be more obedient to our system than we are to our Savior, you know? And uh, I think that's where we just got to get to the point where it's like, God, I've had, I've had videos like this where like, God, this video kind of sucks. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to put this out. <laughs> and God says, "Put it out." I'm like, God, this is the wrong time of day. Like, yeah. this is not the right time to post. God says, "Wrong time of day." Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know. So then you're just a slave to an algorithm. I'm a slave to the algorithm, not a servant to the king. And I think that's the place where we got to get. And as soon as God says, "Drop it," even if you know the video isn't going to do well, but you think this certain person who the video is for. It's a very niche video. You know, you you follow me. That person's going to get blessed. 
So what if it's not going to get a million views? So what if it's probably not going to be the hype? But if one person gets blessed on the other side of that video, I think that that's called the win, you know? And I think that is where we have to get. It was not, you know, I have to fight this. What's a really good thought I could put on video and people go, ooh, wow, I never thought of that scripture like that. Yeah. I have to fight that because I have lots of those thoughts. As a, as a person who studies the scriptures every single day, mm-hmm. you are going to have those thoughts. The Holy Spirit's going to show you and, and reveal things to you, you know? Um, but I have to fight allowing the revelation to become something that I use as a means to my end and I abuse the revelation versus stewarding the revelation that God gives me and releasing it when it's time. There are things I've been sitting on for months that I still have not put to you know, you video because it hasn't, it hasn't felt like it's, it's, it's in the crock pot still, right? I think when we microwave things, yeah, it's like that, that fed me for a second, but man, the best meals happen in the crock pot. And I think when we allow what God you know, is doing in us to simmer and sit. And, and, and sometimes we'll think, God, it needs a little more time. And God says, no, now, now it's time. Do it. Go for it. And I would say this to, you know, I, um, I would say this to anybody who feels like, you know, you said, like, I've got, you know, some influence on Instagram. You guys, you, I believe this, and I'll just prophesy right now, this podcast is going to reach more people than you ever thought it would. I'm telling you right now, I want this to be on record so that you can see, I, you know, wow. know what I'm talking about. And I just really that I hear the spirit of God on this. Um, you've been faithful. Braden has been faithful. You guys have you, done this with excellence when only a few people were watching, continued to crank out the content, continued to take it seriously. And uh, I really do think that because you've been faithful over, over little, God will give you much. And so you, God is going to increase your capacity. Um, continue to pray the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez was God enlarge my borders. That's a godly prayer to pray. Sometimes mm-hmm. we think asking God for influence is bad. Yeah. It's godly. But at the end of that prayer, you go, God, you do it your way, not mm-hmm. my way. For you know. Sure. And so I think that's a thing we've got to come back to. I'll share this story. I really feel like I'm supposed to. Um, the Instagram I have now is not the Instagram I've always had. I actually had an Instagram before this that had more followers than I have now. I, I used to have an Instagram that had 57,000 followers. Back in 2019 is when um, was the last time I had it. Um, I had spent years, you know, cultivating that Instagram. At first started with doing like mobile photography, you know, and that was like blown up in like 2013 and people were following. I hit 10,000, 20,000. And then eventually I was like, I'm not a mobile photographer. I'm a preacher. So I started preaching on there. Um, and really I just started like posting pictures of me preaching, posting pictures of like lifestyle stuff. And then that started getting traction. And at the, at the, at the peak, it had 57,000 followers. And I was on a, uh, I, I don't normally say this part, but I was on a cruise ship. I was on a vacation with my family and, um, I was chilling, spending some alone time with God. And I felt like God told me this. He said, sow your influence, sow it, like give it away. Like, shut it down. Trust me. Put it in my hands. And I was like, and that's at the time, like, I was doing a bunch of major youth conferences, flying around all the all, all over the world, honestly. But this was before COVID, and I was literally going international. And, I, and all of that was happening because of Instagram. And, you know, God was like, I want you to sow your influence. Trust me. Almost like an Abraham Isaac moment, you know, Genesis 22. For sure. And I said, okay, I, I'll do it. 
And I'm, I'm aware of the concept of sowing and reaping. And, you know, you reap of the same kind that you sow. You don't, you know, sow in this form and reap in a completely different form. God honors the seed that we sow. So you sow monetarily, you should expect to reap monetarily. Now, that's not why we sow. We sow because we're obedient, but we should expect that. And I had no idea how God would do it. Have no, I had no idea what would come of it. I completely shut so that Instagram down. It. Yeah, I deleted it. I got off the cruise ship, found a Wi-Fi signal, let everyone know what was going on. I didn't want anyone thinking anything sketchy had happened. Yeah, you got was, hacked or something. Yeah, no. I was just following the voice of God, and I drove a stake through the heart of that Instagram. It has never been open since. Um, and I didn't feel like God told me to get off the app entirely, just sacrifice that account. So I started a new account, you know, and uh, the crazy thing is this. It didn't like blow up or anything, but six months later, I get a DM from a girl. That girl today is my wife. Six months later, and literally seven months after that DM, we got married. It happened so fast. It was wild, okay? But she told me as we got to know each other, she found out about that Instagram. She hadn't followed me or anything on it. And she told me, she said, had you had almost 60,000 followers, I would have never DM'd you. And I was like, Lord, if you did, if you did all of this just to get me hurt, that's it. That's, that's all, it. Yeah. It's worth it every time, you yeah. know. And the crazy thing is, is you know, um, this year, as I already said, I mean, I've grown from five thousand to forty thousand today. I mean, that's like literally just like eight months, something like that. Something, yeah. Um, and whereas last time it took me like all, like literally six years to grow from zero to 50. I mean, I'll be at 50 in a month or two, right? Um, maybe less. And so yeah. it's, I had no idea that there would one day be the algorithm that's out now. I had no idea reels would be a thing. I had no, I had no idea. God just said, obey. So I obeyed. And now I just feel like the Lord says, okay, I've seen that I can trust you. And my wife is the greatest accountability partner. She will call me on my crap. If I post anything that's not legit, if I post anything that's not genuine and she can tell like there's this or that, She'll call you out. oh, she would call me out in a heartbeat. And so, and that, that forces me. Like I was even on an Instagram live yesterday and I'm thinking, what like how I'm operating, how I'm speaking to the camera, would my wife think I'm being genuine? And I'm only speaking in a way I know she would approve of. Like I'm only talking to the camera in a way I know she would be like, that's my husband, yeah. that's Keenan. Because I don't, it's, the temptation is to be this personality and be this thing where you're trying to get people to like you and enjoy you. And it's like, no, people just want the genuine you. Yeah. And so- as And that a, can probably creep up on you too. Like it once does. you see that- Success, 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 success. Then you go and you start to slowly, it's a snowball. It's an exponential growth curve, right? Yes. It's like one, and then all of a sudden one day you look up and you're not even yourself anymore. You look up and you don't know yeah. who you are. You yeah. Know, and that's a horrible thing. I wrote a book. It's by Tim Keller. You know Tim Keller? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the books that changed my life. I think it changed my life. The ideas in the book changed my life. It was called Self-Forgetfulness, the beauty, the freedom of self-forgetfulness. Oh, come on. And it was talking about you shouldn't be scared to death of honor but you shouldn't seek it out either right so like, you just posted a reel about this yes i did yeah it was so good yeah and i was like i watch your stuff i'm telling you like <laughs> i watch it but like that idea is something i just meditate on all the time is like we as people especially instagram today with reels things going viral i had a yeah. i had a reel go viral in 2020 it was uh i was lip singing a maverick city song it was early tiktok like okay. a month so it was, it's a little cringe but i was <laughs> lip singing maverick city promises right just got saved real young real green right i love it dude got thirty thousand likes but it planted a seed in my heart of hunger and of thirst not for the lord mm -hmm. but of more of that yeah 
and I and and I had to unwind that to the point where I'm like, none of that even matters except yeah. the Lord. But all that to say is I was seeking influence and power with everything in me in 2020. Yeah. But we have to get to a point as people where we're not scared of it. There's a lot of people who are also scared of the public eye, too. Yeah. I don't want to post anything. I don't want to do anything. If God calls me to public speak in front of 200 people, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, when God places something in, in, in front of you, if he says you're going to be faithful in front of five or you're going to be faithful in front of five million, like, it's not about... It's 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 harder. It's easy. It's it's easy to say that in theory and harder to put into practice. Yeah. But that idea is something I've been meditating on for so long, bro. I think you're you're spot on. And we don't recognize how both ends of the spectrum are still about us. Whether yeah. it's like I'm seeking the approval, I need people to see this, I need people to like me, or it's I can't allow anyone to see yeah. me. I want to hide away. Both of them are still we are serving Ourselves. our image whether we want it to be out there or we want to preserve it, you know, that really is still what James calls demonic. It's selfishness, right? And so, you know, we keep coming back to that, but we've got to call a spade a spade and that's what it is. And so I think at the end of the day where it's like, if no one sees this video, if everyone sees this video, I'm going to be all right. I'm following Jesus. It's kind of like that whole thing in John 21 where Jesus, you know, is talking to Peter. He tells Peter, like, how his life is going to go. He's going to die this tragic death. And Peter's like, well, what about John? What's John going to have to do? And he's like, what is it to you if I make him never die? He stays until I come back. You follow me. And that's the thing we've got to get to is like, if God gives me everything or if God gives me nothing, what is it to me? Mm -hmm. I follow him. I kind of want to share just a real practical thing with Instagram with me lately. Yeah. I just posted... Okay, talking about, I used to battle anxiety, right? So it was probably six months after I was even saved. Even after I was saved, I battled anxiety. So now- Many believers do. Many people do, right? To where now I'm I'm basically free. Praise the Lord. And anxiety, when I use the word anxiety now, it's not like, there was a point in my my life when I was afraid to even walk out the door, right? Like I'm talking to people, like my family members, I'm even struggling with that. Wow. So like there's scales to this anxiety. So when I say I'm experiencing anxiety like today- it's not, it's not that. There's people who actually struggle. More of what I'm about to talk about is a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think my anxiety is a byproduct of me putting my hope in something that I wasn't designed to put it in. Come on. So, and I, I think it starts with the good things that we experience, right? And I'm going to use a very practical example to put this in practice. I just posted one of the, my best reels to date on my Instagram. It was of the Cinch shootout, Cinch okay. Robin Fiesta here in San Angelo. It got like 600 likes. Come uh, on. Famous world champion, uh, rodeo athlete, Shane Hanshi, 78,000 followers. Uh, he didn't share that video. He shared a video I got of him on yeah. a story. Tagged me, San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. Come on. Tagged me. A bunch of people were sharing, and it, it went good. I got like 75 followers from it. But the point of me sharing this is how I respond to that will determine whether I have anxiety in next week or a month from now. Yeah. Because if I allow that to take up too much of my affection, too much of my attention— it's like we know our foundation is Jesus, the rock. Yep. That is asking for a crack. I'm cracking my foundation. Not to say Jesus can be cracked or Jesus can be weakened. Yeah, we follow the analogy. But like whether it's that same day or a month from then, I will have anxiety because right. how I respond to the good things in my life yeah. determines the bad things. And a lot of us, we so f- find that anxiety. And we're like, why are we experiencing this anxiety? Yeah. But I think... And I'm not going to talk about like the actual people are struggling, right? No, for sure. But and not minimizing that whatsoever. Yes, exactly. But I think it has a lot to do with how we respond to good things in our life. Oh, without a doubt. I think so many of us we don't realize it, but we are chasing dopamine and serotonin 
more than we would like to admit. You're preaching now. Come you on. know, like really everything is a is an attempt to get another hit of dopamine or another release of serotonin, right? Dopamine makes you feel good. Serotonin makes you feel happy. Um, and the, if you're not careful, you'll do the same thing with Jesus. Jesus is just another means to dopamine and serotonin. And that's what happens when you get in your Bible time and you go, yeah, I didn't feel anything. Jesus is not a pill. You don't have to feel something every time. He's still working. And and that right there, if when you get in the presence of God, you're mad because you didn't feel anything, you recognize you came into the presence with false motives. I came in here trying to get something, not trying to get next to someone. Mm. And that is what I have, I've had, that has been, oh, I'm tearing up, but that has been the fight of my life, dude. My whole life, the presence of God was equated to a feeling. The presence of God was equated to an emotion. And when that feeling and that emotion wasn't there, it threw the whole thing off. And that has been one of the great undoings of my life has been God undoing that God you are not a means to the end that is dopamine and serotonin you are the means and you are the end if nothing else happens but you show up I got what I signed up for like that that's all I wanted right was just time in your presence and we've got people who run out the second that the endorphins run out dude I mean I don't know I've never I don't think I've ever talked to you about this but part of my testimony is I was a big party guy before no way. I got I saved I got that. saved in 2020 February started smoking weed and doing everything man and Dude look how far God has brought you in 2 years I know It's 2022 at the taping of this Yeah Look how far God's brought you man it's Again I'm crazy. telling you it, it he he has so much more for you Cole I appreciate I'm that. telling you bro Wow But, but Part of what you're saying is exactly what so many people experience, and I am agreeing with you by saying this because when I followed Jesus and started following Jesus, it was for experience. Nothing else worked, mm-hmm. so I needed some something to make me feel good, and Jesus understood where I was coming from, so he met me there. Come on. He met me. He gave me a Holy Spirit encounter with him. He, yeah. he allowed me, like John 4, uh, you will never thirst again, yeah. but the water will well up to eternal life. Like, that's experience. Yes. I'm not going to thirst again. Yes. And to where now I'm two years later removed, I, he's he's he gave me that experience, and that's something to look back on and and be thankful for. But that's a thing of the past now. It's yeah. time to mature. It's time to grow. Yeah. And, and grow out of that. Okay, I don't need this experience anymore, even mm-hmm. though that's where God met me. Yes. Type of deal. Yeah. Oh, bro, I think that's huge. Like, you've got to recognize when it's time to grow up. You know, and, and that's the thing. We're married to the man, not the method. You know, I, I date the method, you know, there's different methods of like how, um, you know, even like discipleship methods or like, you know, um, this methods of discipline, spiritual discipline, you know, we get married sometimes to our method and be like, it has to be this way. And what happens when all of a sudden God's like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, what if we were still married to, I have to follow a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I have to. That's how God moves. We're married to the method. And now God's like, actually, there's a fire within you called the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you. And be like, nope, nope, no, you can't change the method, God. Like, I'm still, I, I haven't done anything for you because I'm looking for my pillar of cloud and I'm looking for my pillar of fire. No, yeah. we're married to the man, not his method. He's allowed to change the method whenever he wants. But we, sure. but we're we're dedicated to following him. So talk about we're gonna shift gears here. Yeah, shift it. Probably probably close to wrapping up. Yeah, I know we got. I mean, we've been going probably forty five minutes. Now. Oh, man, time p- flies when you're having fun. I know. 
So when I look at your reels, this is something that when I look at you since I didn't watch you till I got saved, but I started from the last two years, I've seen a transformation in, in the content that you produce. Not a transformation because that implies it was horrible to good. I track with you. I would see a, say a growth. Like you now, like I genuinely see yourself. I'm like, dude, I never thought about that in the way you hear from God, the way you see um, details about God's word. I'm like, genuinely, like, I'm like shocked. Praise so the Lord. when you... When you see, when people see your stuff and they're like, hey, okay, let me back up. Someone who thinks they've accomplished God's word, like, oh, I've accomplished the gospel, I'm saved. Yeah. And now, like, I don't, I got my me time with God. I don't really read the word anymore, though. Yeah. And then you see people see things, or people see you, and like, you're pulling out like details of the word. And, and that's like the most powerful. So, what would you say to somebody who's struggling to find the depth and find that um, deep relationship, specifically with the Bible? Yeah. What would you say to that? I would say, number one, you need to repent for your arrogance. That's the first thing. Like, I know that's harsh, but I have to do that. Repent of an arrogant heart, right? Um, Yeah, thinking that you've now, like, mastered the gospel. You've mastered, you know, and you you do want to understand it well enough in order to give a reason for the hope that you have and mm-hmm. be able to preach and all of those things. You want to be, um, you know, you want to be a studied and learned person of the scriptures, but also recognizing like, here's the, here's the way I look at it. Every time I approach the Bible, I go, God, I'm about to try to empty the ocean with a spoon. Help me. That's literally the way I think about it. I am trying to empty the ocean with my little spoon over here, it's literally a teaspoon, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just going to town. I'm never going to understand. I mean, I told, I, I teach theology at our, our uh, college, at our church, and I told all of our theology students, I said, if you devoted 90 plus years of your life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to nothing but reading the Bible constantly, didn't sleep, didn't eat, didn't do anything, have conversations, you would still only scratch the surface on what there is. Yeah. God's nature. I mean, think about this. John writes this. He ends his gospel account, which John is the very last gospel written, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the la- latest one. They, the, early, the church uh, history tells us that the, the early church came to John as an old man and said, John, we need you to write your gospel account. There are things that really? the, you tell us that Peter, you know, and, and, and which Peter inspired Mark's gospel. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mark was getting a lot of his cues from Peter on I his gospel. That. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the physician Luke and Matthew, the tax collector, you know, there are things that you mentioned that they didn't. And that's why John is different than the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? There's different stories. And if you notice all the stories that John includes that the others include, John has a different detail, Right. Um, you know, think yeah. about the feeding of the 5,000. The only reason we know that the five loaves and two fish belong to a little boy was because John told us, not because Matthew, Mark, or Luke told us. Yeah. That detail is left out. But John ends his gospel with this. I think it, it, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something to the effect of, why, why don't I just read it? Please do. It's easy to find. John yeah. 21, it literally is the last. I got my handy dandy sword right here. Verse 25, John 21 and 25. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were, were, uh, were every one of them to be written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. I suppose that the world itself yeah. couldn't contain the books. You think that, okay, that obviously is not a lie. 
because the spirit of truth allowed John to write that. It's not that. an exaggeration. Yeah, it's not an exaggeration. It made it into the canon, right? For sure. So it's not an exaggeration. It's not hyperbole, right? The literal world couldn't contain the books that would be written of what Jesus did. And you think that in three months of reading the Gospels every day, three chapters a day, five on the weekend, you've mastered it. Repent of your arrogance, please. And get your face back in the book yeah. and ask God. You know, the, the Bible uh, talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ought to come to the scripture saying, God, show me something I haven't seen. I like to look at the Bible like this, even one particular scripture, like a multifaceted diamond, right? You know, you see, you turn it and you see a, a glimmer of its beauty, but then all of a sudden you turn it a little more and you see a whole new facet. The light hits it a whole new way. You know, John three sixteen is probably the most well-known passage or well-known verse, but you know, you read it the first time, it's like, for God so loved, he loved the world. Two years later, read it again. For God so yeah. loved, he, <laughs> he didn't just love, he so yeah. loved. Five years later, for God so loved the world. <laughs> you know, you have these moments where yeah. all of a sudden these different facets are jumping out to you and you're seeing things in a new light because you are a new you. You're not the same yeah. person you were the last time you read it. So you are seeing it in a new light through a new hermeneutical lens. There's a big word for you. The hermeneutical filter that you bring to the scriptures. Hermeneutics is the study of interpreting scripture, right? And we all bring our own hermeneutical filter to the scriptures, and God is constantly changing that lens, perfecting that lens, washing that lens, cleaning that lens. And that's why the scriptures can be brand new every time you open them. And so, yeah, I would say you've not accomplished your Bible study. Like, get back into it. Yeah. And slow down. Slow I, down. There's no adding to that. I think you hit the nail on the head with, with that one. But as we wrap up, you're expecting... Uh, your first child. Come on, man. We're pumped. Yeah. Come on yeah, now. very excited. What uh I guess what is God doing right now and preparing you for that? Man, what isn't he doing? Um <laughs> what is he not what doing? What is he not doing? That's a much shorter what's the, I guess what's no. the biggest like highlight yeah, for sure. that you think? I think um recognizing that, you know, obviously my kid's not here yet, but fathering them is going to start immediately. And I think, you know, sometimes you can begin to think, okay, yeah, like whenever they're about four or five, then I start really like the parenting process of like teaching. And I'm like, I don't want my kid to remember the first time he was introduced to Jesus. I'm very lucky. I don't remember the first time I heard the name Jesus. I was in church my whole life. I was taught the scriptures my whole life. I was steeped in this stuff. I cannot remember. I genuinely don't remember the first time I got saved. And listen, like, I honestly think it was probably the earliest I can remember is probably like four or five. And it took, like, it was real. It wasn't, I obviously, as I grew, my faith became more my own and I understood it on a deeper level. But like, I for real gave my sins to the Lord at four or five years old and never looked back. Did I understand yeah. the height, the length, the width and the depth of his love? No, and I still don't, you yeah. know, um, but it is one of those things. So that's one of the things I'm really thinking about is, you know, intentionally equipping them with exactly what it is they're going to need for life, not treating them like they, they, you know, they have access to a junior Holy Spirit. You know, we've heard all that said, but really understanding God wants to use my, my kid. I mean, I've already been told there's been prophetic, you know, voices speak into this and they're like, they're going to have a double portion of the anointing 
that's on you. And I just believe that. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to parent you like there's a double portion. (laughs) I'm going to parent you like there's a double portion that you're called to reach more and called to reach them faster and called to reach them more efficiently than I can. And so um, I think those are things. And I'm also recognizing just how, 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 I'm trying to think of the words. I could probably say it in tongues, but I can't say it in English. I'm joking. Um, but, you know, as a whole nother can of worms. We just lost part of our audience. Um, but uh, I, I think just recognizing how deep the need is of a father today in 2022. We have a fatherless generation. People need, you know, the Bible says this. Paul writes, you have many teachers, but you have very few fathers. And there's lots of people who can teach you. There's lots of people who can inspire you. There's lots of people you can follow on Instagram, but there's very few people who as a father with the father's anointing can put their hands on your life and mold you and shape you into the, into the man of God that you're called to be. And so I think that's one of the things that I'm really thinking about and praying through and just praying that God would put that anointing on me. Um, I believe that Obviously, I'm, I'm, I've got to be a dad, so I believe yeah. that father anointing is on me. And I've had other people, you know, tell me, you know, I, I think I, my, I don't think of myself as a young gun in the faith. You know, a lot of guys who are like us, you know, they're like, I want to be that, I want to be that young, that young gun in the faith who's like people are recognizing and people are inviting to preach at their conference, and people are like, man, the hand of God's on this young man. That's cool. Like, I'm cool with being Timothy for for now. Like I am. Like I'm in my Timothy phase. But like I'm looking forward to Paul, yeah. And that I, I've kind of like adopted this reverse engineering process of my life of like I'm gonna go to the end and then reverse engineer. Okay, how do I get to that? And so I've already seen Grandpa Keenan in my mind. I've already seen Father in the Faith Keenan in my mind. Right now I'm still just this young preacher who's pastoring a young adult ministry, and I'm di- giving it the best I got. But I've already been to the end. God's kind of shown me, you know, not clearly his day, but yeah. you know. And, and show me that's who you're called to be. And that's the season I'm excited about is when I'm raising up sons in the faith, getting invited to their podcasts and getting to speak into them and honestly giving them moments on the platform. And I'm not the guy that's got to preach and I'm not the guy that's got to have the following and all that stuff. I look forward to that. Sounds like wisdom if I've ever heard it. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Only the Holy Spirit could do that in me. So For it's sure. been a long process. That's it. Well, make sure y'all... Uh... Follow him on his stuff. What's your username? Keenan Clark. Keenan Clark underscore. Yeah, give him a follow. He posts. I'm not even joking. He's. I've been. I booked Mark one of them the other day before I even knew we were getting you on the pod. Oh come I, on. I booked Mark. It was the one where you said we're not. Uh, we're we're dead in our sins. You said oh yeah. We're not something. We're in not our bad sins. in our sins. We're not we're bad dead. in our sins. We're dead in our sins. That one was fire. But Thanks, anyways, man. give him a follow, and uh, we appreciate you coming. Hey, on, bro. appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Hope it blessed you.